I grant that I was with the devil below in his great big fiery hall where the devil was giving a ball. I checked my coat and hat and started gazing at the merry crowd who came to witness the show and I must confess to you there were many there I knew. Hello. At the devil's ball. Welcome to the Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. Hedgehogs. A conversation about hedgehogs. With me this week are my co-hosts, Victoria. Hello. And Jamin. Yay. And I'm Jacob. Yay. <laughs> and yes, this episode is pelted with hedgehogs. It is our celebration of mythic critters from Zoroastrianism and adjoining parts. This is episode 69 of The Dispatchist. We didn't work that theme, and that's fine. Also, I, I want to say, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is the third anniversary of when we started. Woo! Is it? Well, roughly, yeah, sometime in early September. We need, to, so, we, need to, we need to have a little celebration. Maybe go get some tea. Third or second? Third. We started third? In 20, 2020. Yeah, yeah this was a pandemic project. Uh-huh. What year is it now? Still 2020. Mm. Oh, it never ends. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So before we start, did anybody bring anything to the party? I did. I brought two things because oh, I couldn't bonus. not bring two things. Okay. <laughs> so to start, um, I brought my drink is a Sonic the Hedgehog shot. Logical. Very yes, logical. definitely. So it's one part grenadine. Two parts menthamint schnapps, which sounds toothpaste-y. Mm. It's also very and green right now, aren't we? No, grenadine is purple. Grenadine is, is red. Red. Because mm-hmm, it's cherry. And then four parts blue curacao. And so you pour in the grenadine first, then layer the menthamint, menthol mint schnapps and blue curacao on top in that order. So you're, it's a layered drink. You've got this kind of nice red base. kind of vigorously. <laughs> and then you've got this green, sort of greeny layer, like very neat. It looks like one of those old bullet pops that are like oh, red, white, cool. and blue. Yeah. But then and the blue is kind of the predominant color. But yes, you're supposed to drink it really, really fast. Okay. So. Isn't grenadine something you just add like a dash of to your drink? Yeah. Because the whole thing is just... It's just like cherry syrup, like, you know, uh, a lot of mocktails have it in them. Is this a shot sort of thing? It is. It's a shot. Okay. You just kind of like, you drink it all up. Okay. Uh So it's supposed to be layered and yeah. Okay. It's all about the look. But to go with that, okay, I don't know. Have you, do you guys, I'm sure Jacob knows about this, the gallery of regrettable foods. Yes, it is. It's sitting in my bathroom right now. (laughs) So... I found like the exemplar of what this should look like. And then there are a lot of bad versions of this. It gets worse. Okay. So, yes. So it is, it is a cheese and cocktail onion party hedgehog. Cheese and cocktail onion. Yes. It's British because I'd never, I'd, I'd never seen some of these things. There's the impl- subtle implication. There's a string of party hedgehog recipes. There is. And some of them are successful. Some of them are just heartbreakingly sad. 
like just a lemon with cocktail weenies stuck in it. There's Ew. one that involves foil, like a foil hedgehog with some like, you know, um, uh, oh, what are those? Yeah, okay. the sausage is stuck to it. Oh, I was thinking this would be analogous to like a cheese log where you walk by with your cracker and you dip it in the cheese log and you walk away. This is... Um, Drive-by cheese log, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody lingers. Yeah, this is the food on spears category. Yeah, it little, is. little uh, mm-hmm. hors d'oeuvres on a... Okay. Yeah, skewers. Skewer, it's skewer focused, um, but it's a, a rock melon, which I guess is like a cantaloupe. It looks like a cantaloupe to me. Um, toothpicks, cheddar cheese. Um, we sell our red cocktail onions and green ones, which I've never seen colored cocktail onions before. Seems to be maybe, uh, you know, an import. We, we would have to go to Specs to get those, I think. Also white ones, which I have seen. Something, a little sausage called Kevinasi. So you cut little slices of that sausage. And um, use a lemon for the nose and then red grapes for the eyes. So it's actually pretty cute. But you construct your little skewers and stab them all over your little party hedgehog. This is, I could see this if implemented well. Oh, my God. Being quite. (laughs) Why have we never had a party hedgehog? Everybody go to Google right this moment. Listeners, Mm -hmm. co-hosts and type in in the images window. Party hedgehog fail. Oh, because oh. okay. The, the, just do it. Just that. do it. Just do it, and then scream, and this moment will be over. Ah! <laughs> the one that looks like a basket case. The like, creature for basket case. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. I was gonna say if you go to Google Images and type "party hedgehog," it actually looks kind of nice. And now Why? you've ruined that tip for us forever. Why do they have human teeth? I don't know. Why, is it, why the eyes? Why the, it looks like it's like Pinhead. It really, I mean, I swear that first one is but, taken but straight horrible, from Basket Case. The horrible Hedgehog King just below it is also quite ghastly. <laughs> anyway, love, friend, oh. friends, party oh. hedgehog fail. Oh. Party hedgehog fail. Why would you do that? I was so happy. I was like, oh, party Why? hedgehogs look awesome. <laughs> out of, out of oh. nothing, nothing but love. Why? I don't get the human teeth part. The human teeth. Like, so, like, for the love of God. <laughs> there is no God here. There is no God here. We're, yeah, God is not. not. Notably distant from our current location. <laughs> Well, I, I brought some other entertainment. <laughs> okay. For our amusement, a towering, depraved, all-devouring, ten-eyed dog stabs gossips with its tusks and drives them into the lake of fire. I thought this was a very Zoroastrian sort of punishment. That's actually oh. kind of very, very, yeah, very on on point. On yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I mean, specifically, like gossips is a thing that they're very down on. And also, um, they're very pro multi-eyed dogs. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yep. Yep, Shinabat Bridge. (laughs) Damon, did you bring anything? I I was just gonna bring Texas shaped chicken nuggets, but but there are party hedgehogs, so I'll no. Well if you put some human (laughs) teeth on those babies, ready to go. (laughs) Hear me out, hear me out. Looking at this, take a chicken nugget, cut it in half, Uh put a cheddar cheese cube and a and a pickle slice. On a toothpick, mm-hmm. and oh. then build your party hedgehog out of this. Sure. Yeah, with some buffalo sauce, blue stick cheese. Stick them in a lemon. With some human teeth. 
<laughs> Stop! Don't, don't forget, forget the human teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Do we have any hell news? I kind of have some hell news. I've been waiting to tell you guys this. Okay, Ooh. fantastic. It's not really hell news. It's a little bit personal, but I joined a cult. Oh, well, finally! So on Reddit, mm-hmm. there's this thing called a kebble sub. K e b b l e. Okay. okay. Where membership is limited to 100 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they just randomly invite 100 people. Okay. And then every week you must maintain your membership. If you don't maintain your membership by commenting or posting, then you get booted and someone new comes in. So it actively okay. kind of maintains this, this culture. I respect that. Yeah. And it's very interesting because a lot of Reddit is upvote driven. I want to show off my fake internet points. But here... Yeah. It doesn't matter if I upvote you or not. If you don't participate, you don't get to stay. Right? So, so, is, is it a cult? Yes. Very, and this is, this is how I know. is very specifically, this random invite came out of the blue and said, you have randomly been chosen. Here's this thing. Here's this place. Here's this theme. Oh, and by the way, this is not a cult. They went out of their way to tell us this is not a cult. And it is regularly mentioned daily how much not of a cult we are. And how my robes are already in the mail. So, I'm a little oh. bit excited to be part of this. Oh, I hope the charismatic leader is cute. <laughs> oh, and I mean, one of the rules, another one of the rules is, don't talk about this not a cult outside of the not a cult. Oh, well, so you I can't, I can't tell you which up. cult I've joined, just that oh, I've joined okay. it. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. I, I didn't mean that to sound so snarky. <laughs> it, honestly, congratulations! It was funny. I was like, "Why did I just get in- invited to this?" And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is cute. Let's see how long this lasts before we all get bored." <laughs> yeah, not very. I, I, yeah, not very long. So the topic today is Zoroastrian critters, demons, angels, that sort of thing. We usually kind of have that as our historical potpourri, but I do want to circle back to some things that kind of turned up as I was editing the last. We'll, we'll 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 call it um, an episode. <laughs> it was kind of crazy. First off, I don't remember if we mentioned this or not, but Uhura Mazda, who is the the all creator, mm-hmm. is not omnipotent, and I thought that was kind of interesting as as like an element of a religion. Because like omnipotent is kind of assumed, at least in 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 a lot of faiths. Does it go out of the way to say not omnipotent, or is it just never stated as an aspect? I mean, there's only like a few texts to work from, and this is kind of an assumption or maybe like a derived idea. Okay. That's interesting. I I thought so too. And I had a a sort of a a zinger for for Jaman specifically. Oh, dear. Yeah. You said you wanted to read Nietzsche, and the only reason to read him is to make yourself sound smart at cocktail parties. Am I correct in this? Yes. But the entire conceit of our podcast is it is a cocktail party in hell. Oh, snap. Mm. And I want to sound smart. <laughs> right. Ergo. You should read um, Nietzsche. And you said, Jamin, that you wanted to talk about cows, but I don't think we ever got around to it because you went on this big digression about sin. Of which so, cows are a part. That's true. I still want so, to talk about cows. Okay, we are going to get to cows today. Promise, Pinky Swear? I think he's the first on the list. The guy. He? Big cow. Man cow. 
<laughs> man cow. No, not man cow. <laughs> and this is another thing I kind of saw during someone's references to Zoroastrianism is that the entire cosmos is created as a 9,000 year battle specifically. Like the world mm-hmm. is a battlefield of 9,000 years. Mm-hmm. And that's um, almost like having an apocalyptic ending, but today, which is, is different. That was, that was a, a, an interesting way of chewing on the concept of creation for me. Was it, was it one 9,000 year battle or three, three 3,000 year battles? There are three, there's sets of millennia, like multi, multi-millennial sets that something happens every three millennia. And then it's like best of three. Yes, exactly. Like and there's this, a battle each one of those. And this is this has something to do with the bird, one of the birds, who is not a phoenix, right? I'll buy that. Uh I know of a wolf and a snake. Oh, there's a wolf. Very similar mm-hmm. to birds. Okay. Okay. There's a few birds. Yeah, there's quite mm-hmm. a few birds. Well, it sounds like we need to start talking about critters. Okay. Critters. Let's talk about critters. So I want to I want to start this with like three big categories. Okay. I think they're useful. Mm-hmm. The devas and the yazadas and maybe the jinn. They're kind of on the border there. Oh, I thought you were going to say the birds, the not birds and then the the deities. Maybe, but but like these these three are kind of like three big big categories that I think are worth worth like nodding to specifically so we don't lose them. Okay. Mhm. Uh, so first, we've got the Yazara, whether you, mm-hmm. how you say that or not. And uh, root is Yaz to worship, Ta, a being. And these are creature spirits, gods, cre- demigod, angel type things that are worthy of worship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in terms of how the idea of angels developed in Judaism, these might be a source for that. Um, there's one in later later versions. There's one given over every given control over every day of the week, which kind of reminds me of how angelology tends to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shrasha and Atar are both on the list of Yazadas, mm-hmm. and Mithra is kind of the biggest of the list. Shrasha is possibly number two or number three. Sometimes Ahuramazda is yeah Ahuramazda is is the number one on the list. Uh, but they kind of got downplayed recently because um, there was this kind of 1850s missionary period place where Sarastianism kind of had to defend itself against being accused of being a polytheistic religion. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And they really kind of shifted the idea of Yazada as minor gods to more like angels, more like messengers type things. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Category two is the Devas. Mm-hmm. And these are negative supernaturals, gods that are to be rejected, um, kind of chaos, disorder, generally all evil purpose, all purpose, evil forces. Uh, they became the dews or the divs, which is like this catch-all category of monsters in Islamic mythology. Mm-hmm. Ogres, demons, monsters, etc., etc. Angramanyu is the Divanium Devo, which is the diva of divas. Although <laughs> Well, yeah, I feel like that kind of like sounds like a Broadway queen of some sort. I love it. I love it. The diva of divas, which is possibly true. I mean, there's a lot going on there. As the chief of divas, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of his role, but he did not create the divas. An excellent mm-hmm. word that I've seen to kind of sum this up is Maleficent. Like to, to tie this group together. Like the lady with the horns. Exactly. My 
my thought summed up, yes. Uh, I will say that there is... Uh, Armin did create... He created the evil animals. He created the... This, uh, the demons are also called crafters, and then you've got the X. The, I'm not sure to say X R A F S T S T A R S. The extras, which are the evil animals, like chihuahuas, um, small dogs. Yeah, well, yeah, dogs are very complicated. Yes, um, it's true. Dogs are very complicated. Lots of animals are complicated, but he did create these. It's just some of them are a Mazda adapted to do other things and to oh. make them useful or to make them avoidable. Oh, Hura Mazda is the good, good God. Good God. Armin okay. created bad one. He created bad animals. Hura Mazda edited a few of them, adapted okay. them. Okay. Yes. So he made the Care Bear scorpions. Yes. And uh, essentially everything is a crab and crabs are everything. I do need to add bear scorpion to my later lists. I have, I have some lists I need to bring up later on. Yes, there's a lot of weird categories here. Lots of confusion about what animals actually are. Mm. It's sort of like the memes of, have you ever, you know, the manuscripts, the medieval manuscripts of, did you, have you ever seen a cat? Um, call, call out to no such thing as a fish. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of interesting uh, categorization of animals here. Uh, a couple of devas that I kind of like, these are also dead dews, I think they're called. Uh, Mitok, the dew of skepticism and falsehood. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you want to kind of have a religious totalitarian structure, make sure there's a demon of falsehood and disbelief. Kunda, the steed that carries sorcerers. Ooh. Yeah. I'll take uh, two. Viziresh, who fights for the souls of the dead. And, you know, I had a fourth one that I thought was funny, but I must have said the fourth one in the wrong tone of voice. So I buried that lead. Anyway, some fun names. I've got, well, uh, is this the time to talk about? Uh, and the, the top of the list of dues is the demon of, is the uh, due of perversion and sodomy. And who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> so, yeah, there's the six arch demons. And then there's a whole host of helper demons. A gazillion of them. But right. uh, one of my favorite ones was Azidaka or... Um, Zahak, the snake shoulder. The snake what? shoulder. The snake shoulder. He's a big one. Hmm. He's a big one. Okay. Um, Jonah Nemore. Yes. Not the snake shoulder. <laughs> so, okay. So, uh, Azidak, or let's call him Zah, I think it's Zahak, the snake shoulder. So, Ozzy is the word for snake. Um, so he is the most significant and long-lasting of the Aussies, the snake demons um, in, in the Avesta. And he's described as a monster with three mouths, six eyes, and three heads. He's cunning and strong and demonic, of course. But in other, in other aspects, he's also human, um, has some human qualities. But he's supposed to possess all sins and evil counsel. But do you want to know his origin story? Yes. Okay, why, why he's called My snake shoulder? My God, yes. Tell me. <laughs> Bitten by a so, radioactive snake. Uh, so he actually was uh, this very attractive and clever noble, but he's he was always very easily swayed by his counselors. And so Armin saw an opportunity here and came and flattered him and convinced him to kill his own father so that he could take over the throne. Okay. Um, 
So then Armin appeared later as a cook and uh, introduced meat into his diet. Of course. And, you know, kissed him on the shoulders, causing snakes to appear. Is that a thing? I don't know. And we might come to this when we talk about uh, breast-eyed and breast-eared people. But... But he kissed him on the shoulders, yes? Question? So what happened to Medusa? She's on page 37. Yeah, she's a whole other thing. Um, So, snakes now, on his shoulders. Uh, He keeps trying to remove them. They just grow right back. So Armin shows up again as a surgeon and says, oh, no, no, no. I'm so sorry. The snakes can never be removed. But in order to keep them from killing you, you need to feed them a stew every single day made from two human brains. Hmm. Okay. So so there's there's lots and lots of stories. Like, okay, for centuries, he continues to snake shoulder, continues to rule. And he's killing lots of people to keep his snakes happy. Um, but eventually, he's finally defeated by Zahak um, Feridun, who binds him with a lion's pelt tied to great nails fixed into the wall of a cavern. And so Zahak is um, going to remain there till the end of the world. So he's supposedly still there if we haven't hit the end of the world yet. But if... Okay. If he has to feed the snakes so the snakes don't kill him, mm-hmm. and then he gets stuck to a wall, well, he's not so feeding the snakes. So rewind. The, the king of line, lies told him. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I fell for that. So he may never he may never have been at any danger from the snakes. Right, which would make it all the worse for having killed all those peoples for their brains. Exactly. Gosh, yeah. yeah. So, move. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, I think I got this. So it's Feridun who binds him, who but bound him to the cave. And supposedly he's, I mean, if we accept that the end of the world hasn't come yet, he's still there. Well, it's only got like at least 5,000 more years. Yeah, roughly. Mm-hmm. You so, said that 4,999 years ago. Perhaps mm-hmm. the best known Deva would be uh, Ajmi or Asmodeus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a pretty mm-hmm. big name. Yes, um, yes. Sometimes considered like a uh, like a cambion, like a half demon, half human thing. Mm-hmm. So Asmodeus is the king of the jinn sometimes, or the king of the shedim, which are the hairy goat demons. But Azazel is also the king of the hairy goat demons, mm-hmm. and it's possible Asmodeus and Azazel have a similar like root in their name. Mm-hmm. It's like as means strong or strength or to strive for. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's kind of that's. I've seen arguments on another, a few different sides on that one. Oh, now I want to record the Falco song as "Rock Me, Asmodeus." <laughs> Asmodeus, 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 Asmodeus. Um, there are two other demons that are applicable to our discussion about animals. Oh, yes. One of these is Jeff. Um, she is the female archdemon, so she is a, she's Araman's consort, but she's known as the whore. I was wondering so, about the whore. And so she also is the reason why men, women menstruate. So all of these things, all of these rules against menstru- menstruation have to do with her being this unclean figure hmm. who uh, caused women to be, you know, cursed, quote unquote, with this you know, not understanding biology and whatnot. Also, she 
killed the um, Gawiudad, I think is how you say it, the primordial creature from whose seed all animal creation originates. So she, in a sense, has kind of like stopped creation. And she is, yes. And somehow she is associated with frogs. Frogs. Not sure why, because frogs are super bad. Frogs Frogs are terrible. Frogs are super bad. Frogs are super bad. This all goes, yes. Worse than scorpions? Um, yeah, because if you step on a scorpion, worse. it crunches, but if you step on a frog, it smushes. Yeah, you so don't there, want that between your toes. So there must well, have been a Zoroastrian tradition of killing, stomping on frogs. And, you know, well, this is maybe, this is, this is, this is a longer discussion somewhere in this podcast, but a lot of the badness, there's a, there's a hierarchy of pollution and a lot of the pollution has to do with, um, what was seen as asexual reproduction from various creatures and from a decaying or anything that has to do with dead matter. They must have hated hyenas. So, well, we'll talk, I guess we'll, we'll talk about dogs, but, um, so frogs are dogs. Okay. They're, they're, I'm sure they would have called them dogs because everything's a dog. Hedgehogs are dogs. I retract Um, that. (laughs) So, but so frogs, as we learned in our worms episode, are part of that um, kind of carrion yeah. adjacent set of animals. Oh, so, I thought it was because they come from tadpoles and not from purely good and clean heterosexual sex. Well, I mean, it's sort of like this not, you know, thinking that animals came from dead matter, hmm. like things originated just from dead matter. Um, it was because of the two. corpse frogs. Exactly. Corpse frogs. So frogs, terrible. Um, the other important person here when we're talking about animals is Nasu, uh, the female carrion demon. And so she attacks in the shape of a fly. And oh. a lot of funeral rites come from a fear of her invading a dead body and, you know, creating. She's actually seen as the reason why bodies decompose. So, which is kind of semi-true. I mean, flies lay eggs, become maggots, which, you know, just they eat the body. So there's some science to it, but she's seen as, you know, this this fly demon that infests the body and will infest anyone who comes near the corpse as well. Yeah, I thought it was because the corpse was filled with untruth. That's part of it. It's like corruption. So she is bringing untruth and corruption into the body. But... We can talk more about the sort of hierarchy of pollution because you may be surprised by it. I want to know. You won't believe number five. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what is the best top tier pollution? Like the best so in Zoroastrianism, not not the worst, grossest, foulest, muckiest. Like what is the least pollutive thing that is relatively harmless but still considered pollution? Well, are you talking about the what I have the hierarchy of is pollute like how polluted something or somebody is at their time of death? I thought you were saying like a hierarchy of pollutants, things that cause pollution. No, this is uh, this is this is the um, how polluted certain things and people are in death. So, what is the most unclean? It goes from Person. like, Bobby, you should really clean your room to New Jersey. 
super Again, fun you'll New be Jersey. surprised. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if, if we wanted to get into death and decay right now. Uh, I think we were doing animals. Yes, which is related. Okay. But we can, we can, we can hold the pollution, uh, the tower, the hierarchy of, of polluted dead things. Oh, dear. Swallowing, swallowing a tooth. That's an interesting one. Huh. Is that a pollutant? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are all kinds of things that are pollutants. And especially, I think, okay, so here's my theory with teeth. I've got a theory about teeth. They don't belong on hedgehogs. Hear me out. They're outside bones. They evolve it too. So, Bugs have them. <laughs> well, hedgehogs have human teeth. We've... We've, we've already established that. It's um, true. However, so part of, so corpses, all dead matter is corrupt. Right. All of right. It. So anything that is seen as dead matter is corrupt. So hair, fingernails. And, and teeth do last a while. And so I think teeth would count as dead matter. Okay. Okay. That's my argument. Well, and so is, any is, ingestion of dead matter. Right. Would make right. you polluted. Okay, that makes sense. And swallowing a tooth is something that fairly mm-hmm. easy to do under certain circumstances. Right. So that's also why, like, poop is seen as unclean because it is again dead matter that is expelled from the body. So, quick nod to gin as kind of a third category, and mm-hmm. it's neat that there is a third category. I think they get they really come into their own mythologically speaking in the the Muslim era later on. Yep. But there's some kind of Persian pre, pre-Islamic nods to them. And they kind of are this third category that's neither good nor evil. That may be more of an Islamic idea. Mm-hmm. Um, their root word is to hide or to adapt. So they're kind of concealed from the senses. The same root is uh, in, in like the word for the Garden of Eden or embryo or insanity. Um they may have been older gods that were worshipped uh, during the pre-Zoroastrian period that kind of got grandfathered in as this third category. But I love that there's the spirit category that has free will, that can choose to worship a god or an un-god. Um, it kind of rides the, the line there. And um, I think this is really neat. So here's a question. So their, their alignment seems to be fluid, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. D&D neutral for sure. Okay, so does that change in different uh, texts? Or is that uh, a state like they're, they're uh, whilst being fluid, they are also uh, fluid throughout these, like they remain fluid throughout these texts. Like they're always assumed to be fluid, I mean, they, never aligned with good or bad. Well, they can choose to be aligned with good or bad. Okay. They can, they're mm-hmm. like believer uh, jinn and unbeliever jinn. Um, so they, they're kind of chaotic and unpredictable in that regard. Mm-hmm. And I think that the word, the, the Jewish people kind of folded them into the mythology under the Shedim category, which are kind of these desert spirits. Right. But, but Shedim just means spirit. It doesn't mean evil spirit necessarily. So they may have had this kind of nebulous, not good, not bad thing as a part of their mythology until like, 300 or so when things got get, got more polarized. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So am I, I'm wondering, are they in any way related to the kind of um, 
So let's say the understanding is there's like 15 races of human, right? Um, that were all birthed. There's a figure who birthed all 15 races of human. And some of those races are um, actually include uh, monsters. Oh. <laughs> the monstrous people. Monster, like human, human and, well, it's the dog-headed people. The breast-eyed people, the breast-eared people, uh, the um, what are they like? They have. Is that how you explain elves? You're like, well, your ears are kind of pointy. Oh no, it's just cold out. No, dwarves, dwarves and pygmies. Dwarves and pygmies. What about mermaids? No, there's uh, there's five categories of these monstrous humans, and the last one is it has to do with leather, leather strap-legged. So you've got those five I feel categories. Like I've, I've dated half of these people. I was going to say, like, I think all of these are probably within somebody here's history. Right. Right. Not so mm-hmm. much the breastheaded people. That's a little, that's a little out there. But it's interesting because the breastheaded people, it's not necessarily that they have breasts for heads. It's more like their eyes... Their eyes are down here. <laughs> their <laughs> eyes are where their breath should be. Okay. So their shoulders, eyes for bre- eyes where the breath should be. So they're a lot like the figures of, um, you know, ex- uh, travelogues in the 17th century or, you know, where they have kind of the homunculi, the weird shaped people. Um, and so, you know, they're seen as coming They're from over there, you they're know, really, like Ethiopia, really- places like that. And it reminds me of the the headless god too, a really like well known evocation in the Greek magical papyri. Mm-hmm. Right, they're headless, but all of the yeah, their features are just kind of like on their torsos. It's so. interesting how far back the the dog headed men go, the kind of cephaly. Yeah, and um, there's a but going back to alignments. There's a shift in alignment of all these figures throughout the texts mm-hmm. where. They start out as kind of noble savages that that convert, specifically the dog-headed people, actually figure into biblical conversion tales. But the breast-headed, <laughs> the breast-headed people, or breast, what was it, breast-eyed people? Yes. So they, um, there's a lot of shifting of... Mammocephali. Yes, yes. There's um, specific words for all of these. But their alignment shifts out, uh, shifts through time to where some of them become more savage than others. Like I think the leather strapped legged um, tend to be kind of the most vicious, uh, become the most vicious in time. Um, but the dwarves and the pygmies kind of stay in that middle range. Like they're seen as kind of clever helpers and mm-hmm. sort of mischievous figures, but never like true neutral, essentially, but can be helpful, can be just like kind of merely like, you know, mess with you. But uh, every other figure kind of changes in alignment over time. Is there a chance you read about the Perry? The Perry. Tell me about the Perry. I did. You did. Tell me about the Perry. Yeah. Okay. The Perry are number four on my list. Oh. Okay. So should I start with the top? (laughs) Well, no, I want to talk about the Perry briefly because I think they tie in. Oh, to the, to the, okay. My Perry are two birds, two tiny birds. Is that your Perry? You got a different pair of Perry. My my Perry are little tiny fae. They're little tiny fae pranksters that play tricks. Neither, and they may be atoning for their past, but they're not. They're not like tied to human souls or anything like that. They 
There's kind of there's little things that kind of maybe feed into the angelic messenger trope later on. Oh, oh interesting. P e p e r i. Yeah, that's how they would have been spelled four thousand like years ago. Peri peri chicken. Yes, which is quite good. And oh, and we're getting a Nando's, which <gasps> is the. Are yes, we? we're getting a Nando's. We're getting a Nando's in my neighborhood. Oh, really? Like that? Yes. Their peri peri sauce. I actually have. Like my third bottle of peri peri mayonnaise, which is better than it sounds. It's quite good. I lo- yeah, I'm so I'm so excited about getting a Nando's. Anywho, sorry, peri peri. No, I love peri peri. Uh huh. Um, but I think it's a different linguistic root. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost interest. <clears throat> Please continue with your bird your, stories. Yeah, your birds. What are your birds? So interesting because they're they're on my group of. Birds, specifically birds, specifically, right. where I think at the end of last episode, we talked about the Smurg. Right. We're going to talk about the Smurg today. Did we? Have we talked about the Smurg? Not meaningfully. But there's a, there's a Smurg. Uh-huh. Which is a giant bird with a dog face. Uh-huh. Right. Who is, is. the... Yeah. Yeah. We don't know if it's a, like... Everything has a dog face and everything's a crab. But is it like a pointy Alsatian dog snoot or is it like a smushed like pug? It really depends how this critter's going. Go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so the smurg is a dog, is a dog-headed bird. And then there's with the... A la- with a lady face or a face or a dog face? A dog face. Okay. Wait, is it the head or the face? Is it a bird head with a dog face? That'd it's be... a, it's a, I think it's a dog head with a human face. No. <laughs> Wait, if only we had computers where we could maybe look this up. <laughs> um, so the smirk is a big giant bird. Okay. Yes. And also is the huma bird. Who huma is, bird is just is the... a later version of the smirk. Like it's they're okay. like here's here's these birds that we've got. This is the exact same bird, and Hello. then okay. magic bird. Yeah, magic bird. Then there is Chamrosh and Kamak, who are now get this two birds, uh-huh. one of which is a bird with a dog head. Okay. Okay. We have the rock, the giant flappy rock, which everyone knows from Sinbad the Sailor, right? Mm-hmm. And it's completely wrong in all aspects. But it okay. is Persian. But it is Persian. And finally, we have the peri-peri, who are tiny little birds that float around, like, imparting mischievous thoughts. Okay. Mm-hmm. The only birds on the list who are not giant. Oh. Okay. So, fun fact about the Simurg, who is apparently all birds and also no birds. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and seeds. It's, it seeds something. Yeah. It's the symbol of fertility, of cleanliness and fertility. It makes gotcha. the land clean and thus fertile, and is a symbol for being clean and also being fertile. And it like stands on top of the tree of all the seeds and shakes them out so that everybody gets seeds. Right. Which is the first step of fertility. Okay. Getting enseedified. And similar to getting enseedified, the Simurg was the bird that imparted us the knowledge of the cesarean procedure to complete a difficult pregnancy. I had okay, maintains so, life. Well, maintains life. Okay, so thinking about pollution, thinking about the fact that, um, and when I say fact, you know, I mean fact in this world. Oh, of course, um, of course. That 
uncleanliness is related to non-procreative sex or, you know, sexual behavior like masturbation, having sex with a woman during her menstrual cycle, all these things that will not lead to birth. Okay, so then asexual reproduction is also seen as unclean or the misunderstanding of animals coming from inanimate objects or dead matter when that's not how animals reproduce. Let's say bees, which are evil in this world, except they're also beneficial because they're harmonics that made them made stuff. Um, flies, all of these creatures, frogs, anything that's sort of associated with dead stuff. So then cesareans, to me, would fit more into the unclean because it is not natural birth. It is unnatural birth. Mm. But so this is where I'm confused. But you have, okay, you had the potential mm-hmm. for a new member of society who will grow and then contribute to society mm-hmm. versus the other option would be a dead infant, which does not contribute and is also unclean. And would so, go to hell. And would go to hell, of course. Mm-hmm. Only if their Unless father you, didn't recognize them. Yeah. And and there are other ways that that babies go to hell too oh for heaven's sakes okay yeah yeah it's you're preventing death it may be not the cleanest thing such as performing a c-section in you know 2200 bc but the end result is a active contributing member of society huh babies pay taxes yeah dead babies don't pay taxes (laughs) So, okay, so this... Live, live babies are not great at it. <laughs> so, why why a dog-based bird? How does that I relate had, to cesarean? <laughs> I, I had a lot of questions about that, too. Um, uh-huh. when, I, when I saw that, I kind of stopped and said, okay, well, that makes perfect sense. Uh, what other strange animal hybrids have taught us medical lore over the years? I, I decided there was probably... A, Gabush the bat yak who teaches the art of permanent makeup. Oh, right. I like yeah, that. Right. Like the, the um, mascara and lip colors. Yeah. Right, right, right. Man would okay. never have thought, on, thought of that on his own. We needed right. outside help. Yeah. Have you come across any of those new research? Oh, I have. I have. Um, probably at the top of my list is the platychilla, which is a platypus and chinchilla. Oh. And we have that little um, furry yet duck-billed creature to thank for dimpleplasty. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So with the, you know, permanent makeup, we've got some dimples. I've got a couple more, but I, I don't want to, I've got, you know, I found quite a few. I know. It was almost Wikipedia level of that. <laughs> um, did you see the uh, the article on Shamprim the Art Mouse? No. Oh, he taught mankind the art of the colonoscope. Oh. Wait, what? Well, thank you. Yes. Thank you. A thousand thank yous. Mm-hmm. So um, another one that I found, uh, which I'm not really surprised by, but it's the Kangacoon. And oh. it's part kangaroo, part raccoon. Lovely. And this is for nipple repair. So if you have nice. an inverted nipple, you've got the tiny little hands of the raccoon. The dexterous and, hands, right. And, and then the knowledge of the marsupial. So, Must be it's the sacred know. animal of the mammocephali. Mm. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's the breast-eyed, breast-ear, well, the... That would be the breast-eyed. I'm not sure of the word for the breast-eared. Wouldn't having inverted eyes just be so awkward? It's really yeah. like you'd have, like try to pop them out, like <laughs> like hold hold up. I got to pop my eyes. <laughs> Do you know who we have to thank for immunization? 
Um, no, I was going to say Pasteur, but that's clearly wrong. It's the Pandemio. And it, oh, that sounds like a Pokemon. It sounds adorable. Uh, yeah, the Pandemio is part panda, part emu. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Pandemio. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that is a Pokemon. It, it has may, to be, right? It may very well be, yes. Uh-huh. We have the Bearcust to thank for bariatric surgery. Nice. That's part bear, part... Locust. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what else would it be? True. Right. I can't mm-hmm. argue with that one way or the other. You combine plague with bears. bears. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's a natural mm-hmm. fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's... I mean, there are lots, lots, but those seem <laughs> to be the, the ones that really stood out as the most useful amongst... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're surging animals in modern science without our, our strange mutant animal cryptid mentors, deific mm-hmm. animals. But I will say this actually is. I will say this is actually real in this world because, again, a lot of the evil animals Ahura Mazda made okay in some situations because they they were medicinal or they provided something that was useful to man. Now I'm going to have to look at medicinal scorpions. <laughs> I don't know if they ever... Oh, I guess actually the um, venom, in some cases, venom was useful because it's a, a, medica- it's a medicine. Mm. But honey, um, there are a few other insects and critters that are partially good because of their medicinal qualities. Okay. So tying into that, we'll uh-huh. specifically quote venom and not a bird. Okay. Ooh, manticores. It is oh, manticore. manticores. Yes. I don't think I ever realized, like if you had said to me, manticore, ancient Iranian religion. I would have mm-hmm. said, you know, like Knights of the Round Table heraldry, Central Europe, right. castles, you know, King Arthur fe- with his shield. It feels like a French heraldic beastie. Yeah. It's not. Mm-hmm. A manticore is an old Persian myth. I mean, reality, obviously reality. Yeah, and it fits in with the humanoid hybrids that I talked about because it it fits into that category of these mythological creatures that may also have come from the Greek. Like it may be a classical, like there's a a Greek connection with these figures. So there's some iffiness about where they came from. Well, we specifically said like like Chimera, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Which came first, the Chimera or the Manticore? I want to say the Manticore predates the Chimera. But I have no... This is pure conjecture on my part. Back to the Manticore is a quilled, venomous creature. Like... Mm-hmm. like porcupi- oh, yeah. Like mm-hmm. porcupine quills. Or platypus. The platypus has quills, not claws. Right? Platypuses are the... The duck-billed things. And the webbed feet. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. very poisonous. Are they? Yes. Yeah, they have they poison quills. <laughs> Victoria, they're from Australia. <laughs> oh, right. Everything from Australia wants to kill you. Right. Forgot. So it's a, it's a venomous, quilled animal with the body of a lion and the head of a man. Mm-hmm. And every artwork I've found so far is just the head of a man, not the head and neck of a man. So this hmm. dude could not turn left or right, or I'm sorry, this dude could not look left or right, which is probably why he was so grumpy. Yeah, that would be really frustrating. Yeah. So one question. This also kind of describes the demiurge and Gnosticism. 
Huh? The My Mad Banticore? With no neck? Yeah, the weird, like, snake dude with the face. The, like, kind of, like, weird lion face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I wonder, I don't know. Just, I'm, I'm connecting, like, weird hybrid creatures in my right. head. Because there really is, this is like a flip book. Like, one of those kids' flip books that has, like, the head of a thing, the body of a thing, and the legs of a thing. And you just kind of, like, flip back and forth and create all sorts of creatures. Yeah, that's what mythology is. I have, <laughs> since we're talking about quills... I'm going to stop the stop the merry-go-round. I want you to tell me why hedgehogs are the title of the episode. What the actual hell have we been okay. waiting for? Hedgehogs. So hedgehogs, do you know where hedgehogs live? In the bar, in a bottle of blue schnapps. In hedges. Wait. <laughs> in video games. So hedges live in the seventh best country. Wales. Oh. Yes. This is something that I found out um, there. If you're talking about all of the creatures that I mentioned, the breast beard, et cetera, et cetera, many of them live in, they live in different places according to their alignment. So there's some that live in uh, the place where the witches live, but the seventh best country is a place inhabited by hedgehogs. And this is kind of the opposite of the places inhabited by witches and the evil creatures. So hedgehogs are good. Their alignment is purely good. I need you to know that I'm feeling very confused right now. A hedge is, is kind confusing. of a bush where other people would use a fence between houses that people would plant bushes. That's what a hedge is. It's a row of bushes. And a hog. And I know what else. So, so as we've touched on, they are a sacred animal in the Avesta so the Zoroastrians believe that Hermas decreed hedgehogs to combat infestations of ants, which are bad. Oh, everything makes sense. It's about killing bugs. It's I'm... about killing bugs. Hedgehogs eat yeah. thousands upon thousands of bugs, which is what Zoroastrians are supposed to, like you're supposed to kill as many creatures as possible. The more you kill, the better, like the the better, like you're doing the, the most good deeds. Kill bad creatures, not kill all creatures. Yes, right? bad creatures. Okay, indeed. Creatures. Like because yeah. you need to respect cattle and dogs. And people and are good creatures. good creatures. Don't kill people. Right. Okay, that's a useful yeah. exception. That is iffy. There's <laughs> some kind of wiggle room about killing people if they what themselves are polluted. What if you have to polluted. feed your snakes? Yes. You and should not be taking bad. care of your snakes. Uh-huh. But you can kind of justify killing if the person you're killing is polluted. Cool. Okay. Well, that's it for me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to our friend the hedgehog. Who so, killed a man. <laughs> who killed many men. Um, so, uh, people kept hedgehogs as pets. Still do, I think. Um, because they ate ants, spiders, and other insects. So, again, eating thousands of, of uh, unclean animals get you your are holy or very very um, high up there. Um, so the number one the number one question Google gets asked about pet hedge, pet hedgehogs is why does my hedgehog hate me? Oh, I know they're not very warm fuzzy creatures. No, they're not fuzzy no. at all. But they are no, blessed. They're, very, they're blessed creatures. They're Yazada dogs. So here's the problem. So I got this from uh, like a children's uh, website about hedgehog about Zoroastrianism. So there was a section on hedgehogs because hedgehogs are pretty awesome. Um, but there are five species of hedgehog mentioned in the Avesta. 
Um, but unfortunately, they're considered dogs, which also, I mean, I guess it's not unfortunate for them because being considered dogs is actually a really good thing in this religion. So being aligned with dogs also means that you're aligned with goodness and, as we can talk about, uh, protection of the dead. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. Actually, pro- pro-dog sentiment is kind of rare in religion. It's true, but everybody, like, this religion is very, very pro-dog. But yeah, hedgehogs, not dogs. Um, they are not dogs, although they were considered dogs. In, yeah, the little um, tiny four-legged spiky dogs. Yeah, let me look. I'm trying to look for my pointy boys. Oh, 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 oh. So I'm going to give you, because hedgehogs figure in this, I'm going to tell you after death, um, who the most, like how the hierarchy of things that are polluted after death, the things that are most polluted. Right, the list. The list. Okay. So the more pure a person was, the more polluted they are in death. Interesting. What? Yes. Because. If you sort of take like the transference of um, vertical you know, energy, taking taking evil upon yourself by killing all these blah, blah blah blah, you become polluted in death. So your body is the most polluted and at the most in the most danger. Okay, so top most polluted Wait, in death. Yes. Time out. Does that mean I, I have to assume that I'm basically like full of drudge all the time because of who I am? Because of my my eating habits, etc. Does that mean when I die, I become blessed? You are you in death. You are more pure. Your body is more pure. Okay, but it's so still it's, it's more still dead pure and than dead, or very pure, as in Just clean. Like you are, you are somewhat purer. Somewhat purer. There's depending on where you fit on the hierarchy, but still okay. dead. But but the best people are the most polluted in oh, death. So. Okay. That do priests mm-hmm. get different burials because they're so priesty? And we have to see. There's like, some, yeah, there's a specific rite that is is it's like uh, dealing with this. radioactive waste, basically. Yes. So priests most polluted. Next, warriors, tillers, because again, two kind of exalted. Yeah. Agriculture was important here. Agriculture is very important. Then sheepdogs. Our people. Agriculture. And sheepdog, I mean, everything. Yeah. Uh, Then watchdogs, because they protect. Bloodhounds. Small hunting dogs. AKA warriors. Eighth on the list, hedgehogs. Are there any people below hedgehog? Like we go back I to could like not find out. We go, I saw <laughs> we have priests and tillers, and suddenly we're in dogs. And I don't want I don't priests, want to be warriors, like warriors, tillers, various know, dogs, dogs, hedgehogs, and then cheesemongers. And, well, and hedgehogs are dogs. Hedgehogs are dogs. Hmm. So we're still in the category of dog, which is human. So the hierarchy essentially goes like priest, useful humans, various sorts of dog in a size order. Right. And so they're, they're the dog, the more polluted, small dogs, because they were more, you know, they're less good in life or less useful in life, less polluted. And like the next 70 rungs, there's different types of dogs. 
I think so. I mean, it, all I could find was hedgehog, etc. The list that I saw always stopped. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be our band name. <laughs> Hedgehogs, etc. <cetera. laughs> but also, hedgehogs are important in health because they are an, unlike the rest of the punish. They, they like to sit where you're going to sit. <laughs> that's true. They're like they're hell's whoopee cushions. <laughs> <laughs> But um, a lot of the animals that are part of punishments in hell are the unclean animals, animals that you can't eat, right? Um, And you're forced to eat the animals that you can't eat. However, hedgehogs also are punishers in hell. You are pelted with hedgehogs and hedgehogs will like find their way into every orifice and kind of wiggle around in your body. Pass. Yep. Do, Do you remember what sin would cause you to be pelted by hedgehogs? I do not. We'll have to look at the Avesta. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it the Avesta? Yes. Or is it the, it's the, what is the, the journey one? It's the Avocadabra. Um, That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll have to find out what sin causes you to be pelted and uh, infested by hedgehogs. <laughs> yeah. And infested with hedgehogs. Lousy with hedgehogs. I also saw the woman, the souls of women whom threw their head downward and something like a hedgehog, which had iron spikes, was introduced into the body and dropped back. Um, something, something, finger dripping with semen. Wicked women who broke their promises to their husbands. Gasp. Mm-hmm. Those that's women. That's the only hedgehog I can find. I think that's right. So that is the punishment. I, I think I'm going to, again, make an assumption here that because... There's this, this domestic, domesticity versus wildness thing going on with the animals. Hedgehogs are domestic. Just like dogs are domestic because they've been domesticated. Therefore, animals that are not domestic, like cats, are considered evil. Animals that live inside your home are tend to be on the good side. Animals that live outside your home, bad, apart from useful animals like cattle and such and sheep. So anything that also attacks a domestic animal like a wolf, even though a wolf is a dog, they're considered a different category. Elephants are also wolves. Tigers are wolves. Any sort of big cat is a wolf. Tigers are Those wolves. are bad because they attack, you know, useful elephants animals. Are, elephants are wolves. That explains why all of Elephants them- are wolves, but wolves aren't dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Can you okay. imagine? We need to write a children's book. <laughs> it just explains it all. Yeah. Hedgehogs are dogs and elephants are wolves, but wolves are not dogs. So it's like those little proofs that a, you would do in geometry. <laughs> and a lot of the big bird imagery. Um, uh-huh. You have the rock or the submerg carrying off an elephant in its talons off into the sunset or uh-huh. wherever they go. Because I guess they're protecting us from the evil that is an elephant. Yeah, but elephants, because they're associated <clears throat> with royalty, elephants and lions, especially with Persian royalty, they are kind of, again, there's some kind of finessing that goes on with the Hurramazda, who sort of allows them... Like sometimes they are good in different contexts because of that association. And Urho Mazda did alter some of the animals. Like wolves, initially, Araman wanted them to be invisible so that they could wreak havoc and be agents of chaos. But Urho Mazda said, you know what? You know, uh, Araman, I think I heard you say that you wanted them to be 
visible, right? Like you want people to see how cool they are, right? And Armin was like, oh, yeah, 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 right. I wanted them to be visible. And so her, her, he made them visible so that his people and his animals could see them and avoid them. Armand is extremely distractible in your world. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I think actually is borne out by the mythology. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how perfectly spherical the first man was? How perfectly spherical the first man was? Yes. Okay. Please okay. do, do yeah. continue. Yeah. So all I know is Gaelmart was the first created man. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I believe he was created by Gaviadota the cow. I'm not sure about that. But he was a sphere. Oh. I really don't know anything else about him other than that he was a sphere. And I think he was killed pretty quickly. Makes by, sense. By, by myths, yes. Mm-hmm. But that might be a useless bridge to Gaviadota. Who is a cow. Is, I assume that was something you wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. That's all you've been, you know, flapping your jaw about. <laughs> yeah. Moving, you know, noises was, out of your pie hole. I was promised bovines from Jamin. So, I wanted to use the phrase, an animal of Hemingway-esque bovinity. Okay. In context, and I had to fight for this. Right. Okay. So, I was kind of struggling with cow as source of life. Or first, off, they're, first off, they're dogs. <laughs> right, obviously. The bull as a source of life, the holy bull. And we've uh-huh. had the holy bull in a lot of places. We've had his right legs torn off and thrown in someone else's face in Gilgamesh. Yeah. Okay. And growing up in the South, we had a lot of uh, equestrian and cattle raising um, where we actually have just like beef farms, right? We have the Texas Longhorns and everything. And the more- I, thought, I thought that free range steak looked like that on the, on the ranch. Like which? Like the round red things kind of flopping their way oh, towards free, right, right, right. <laughs> gotcha. Just no horn. And so I, I kind of had this thought and it was like, well, right now, modern bovines have really been bred to be who they are, which is milk producers and beef producers, right? And the best way to showcase this is by rodeo, right? You look at any rodeo, you've got these big beefy beefs being jumped on, jumped on by these big beefy mans and they're, you know, yeehawing around. Mm-hmm. And I kept going back to, it's like, well, it wasn't like that 2,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, right? Where you think of just like a water buffalo, where it's just like this little scrawny, skinny animal with horns, and he's just like trotting along in the mud. It's like, modern cows are majestic. Ancient cows had to just been skinny, scrawny things, right? Why were... Well, I don't... They're so frequently sacred, though. Right. Why are they so sacred? They're skinny and they're... they're Weird. But then I answered my own question. Three, four thousand years ago, the world was a different place. Ten thousand years ago, we still had megafauna in all the continents. Okay. All four mm-hmm. of them. Right. So we had saber toothed tigers. We had woolly mammoths. Dogs. Right. Wolves. We had the giant Crabs. sloths. Crabs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. We had the woolly mammoths. What's another Bad big one? Bat yaks. Yeah, bat yaks. We had all this megafauna. There was mm-hmm. an animal called the aurochs. The A-U-R-O-C-H-S. Which was the mega bull. In the same way a dire wolf is to a wolf. This is the aurochs to a modern bull. 
And this, of course, where we get the name Ox, O-X, right? But it literally, it was the, it was the predecessor to the modern domesticated cow. And these yeah. things, they were gigantic. They were twice the size of a regular cow, big, burly, muscled, fangs coming out of their snakes, right? And they were around India in 1800 BC. Yeah, the, they, they died out. In the early thousands, A.D., like the last one was probably 1400, 1500 A.D., when history existed and men knew how to read and write. And so this concept of a holy bull wasn't this weak, scrawny cow that we had just floating around in the mud pits. This was a giant, hairy, dinosaur-esque, like animal of Hemingway-esque bovinity, just willing to be vital and life-giving. This holy bull we had wasn't a modern cow. It was a giant, scary creature that didn't like you or your mom. Gaviodota is the primordial primordial bovine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The uniquely created bull or cow. I'm not sure which. But like the first created thing was the sacred cow thing. Um one of the first creations of Ahura Mazda, who made the sky, filled the sky with water, and then put some plants and a cow in it. So it's kind of like a cosmic snow globe. Right. And lots of things are born of cows. Yeah. And obviously, this glowing white bull had to die pretty soon, like really quickly yeah. killed it off. Yeah. And it refused to return its soul. Well, so I guess this is a... so. Its soul would ultimately return as the soul of livestock, which is kind of beautiful. But mm-hmm. his, her soul would not return until Ahura uh, Mazda showed him, her, it, the concept of Zoroaster. And that, that made it okay for it to return to Earth. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, presumably written after the fact. <laughs> yeah, uh, lots of stuff is. So, uh, can I go back to the first man? Who was round, Yes. Yeah, the round man, the round, the round, the first round man. So, yes, created by Hura Mazda, killed almost instantly by Araman. Yes. Uh, where he, from his dead body, grew rhubarb plant. Ooh, that's specific. I like pie. Rhubarb. Um, from the rhubarb plant uh, came out a man called Masha and a woman, Mashiana. Oh, nice. We are were, all rhubarb. They were the same and they were equal. And they are the ones who gave birth to the 15 races of man that I referenced earlier. So, yes, we are all descended from rhubarb. We are all descended from rhubarb and uh, a round man who became a rhubarb. That's beautiful. Isn't this something like rhubarb is poison until you boil it? Just the leaves, like, I heard that. Just like the, people. The, le- the leaves are somewhat toxic. Yeah, just like people. People have poison mm-hmm. leaves. <laughs> Rhubarb triangle. Is that what is a rhubarb triangle? Is that where they are grown? Like there's the like a like the Bermuda triangle. I don't know. I saw the link, so I clicked or it. The research triangle. The rhubarb okay. triangle is a nine square mile area of West Yorkshire, England. <laughs> what? Interesting. Because rhubarbs. Rhubarb is pri- native to Siberia. And that makes sense. Okay. Thrives in the cold, wet winters of Yorkshire, which is just like Siberia. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. 
Yeah, I always so I always associate it with like northern like northern Europe, but here it is in Persia. I did not know rhubarbs would grow in Persia or or Iran. It says like a lot of this was um, silk trade, silk road trade. Yes. So maybe we traded camels for rhubarb. And it's interesting that you bring up the silk trade because that is another one of those loopholes where worms, which included silkworms, are evil, except silkworms are allowed an exemption because of silk, which led to trade. So if you're useful... You get an exemption. Damn it. <laughs> so, Jamin, you're screwed. I'm out. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Better find something useful to do. I don't know, maybe die and grow a rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> so, back to the first man who was killed immediately. Yeah. Uh, where were we? This yeah. is on Gavia Vedeta. Gavia was. Beautiful, killed. Once the animals were created, Ahura Mazda then created human beings and then created fire. So the first humans were cold because God hadn't invented fire yet. And also... Didn't necessarily need to invent fire because everybody everybody was lit by bull light. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Once the bull started dying down, they're like, hey, guys, can we have some fire? Throw another bull on the bull. <laughs> so fire also has a personality, though. Fire is another creature. Is it? It was okay. easily offended. Oh, of yeah. course. Of course. Because Jay, the whore, is also um, considered like uh, one of her sins or one of the things that shows she's terrible is that she her smell of like, she'll lean over fires and offend the fire with her smell. Hmm. Fair. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, to your point about Medusa earlier, though, that I feel like because of the way Jay has these, like, kind of snaky locks. So she may be related to Medusa, potentially. Do we want to talk about dogs? I feel like we've been talking about dogs nonstop. Everything's a dog and a crab. I, if there's new new things to talk about dogs and yes let us talk about dogs there is new there is one new or there is a big new thing that is important to this cosmology (laughs) yes now dogs are everything so everything is a dog everything is a crab yeah crabs eventually evolve into dogs it's happened five times in completely Mm -hmm. separate events they call it the cano cano damn it cano cancerization oh yeah that's right. A very, yes. So, um, dog, as we know, uh, they're beneficent, righteous creatures. So you have to take care of dogs. You yes. should never, ever hurt a dog. And no. dogs have to be praised. Yes. They're associated with Yama, who guards the gates of the afterlife uh, with his dogs. And a dog's gaze is considered to be purifying and to drive off demons. Um, so the afterlife in the... To the the Chinwat Bridge is also guarded by dogs. Oh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just reading about this ritual. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. neat. The Saga, the Saga ritual? Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. So you bring in a dog. Uh-huh. It's, it's like a wake with dogs. It's a wake with dogs. Yes. 
the dog essentially looks at the corpse, sits okay. with the corpse, and watches over the recently the corpse. It's because it's edible. Yeah. It's because it's edible. <laughs> well, that is an interesting uh, conundrum, isn't it? Because the dog watches the corpse before it's been touched by anybody. So nobody has touched the corpse because, again, corpses are corrupt, and anybody who touches it could be infested by the evil fly yeah. demon. Get yeah, drudge um, all over you. So the, the word actually means glance of the dog. So the dog is watching the corpse. It's supposed to restore purity, lessen the chance of infection. And um, also a practical matter, it is to make sure that the deceased is really deceased. Yeah, they stay dead. <laughs> because the dog has a greater sensitivity to these things. Dogs can figure this out quicker than humans can. So also sagdids are uh, performed over dogs. So they also get the honor of this ritual. Dogs watching dogs. Yeah. Is it a smaller dog? That's a very good question. <laughs> I am not sure. But also okay. dogs scare off demons. But I think we've already said that. Mm -hmm. There is also a preference for dogs with spots. Above their eyes. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the four-eyed the, dog. Yeah, Rottweilery breeds go back a long way. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, tan flex above the eyes, preferred, but in the absence of such a dog, any type of dog will do. Lots of dogs. Dogs have different, different jobs. Pretty much everything is a dog, including the fox, the weasel, the otter, which is a water dog. And foxes are unclean, though. Otters? Foxes. I think foxes uh, are foxes are, are bad. Are, yeah, but they are mm -hmm. dogs. But they are considered dogs. Mm. Interesting. That's weird because and they are they're definitely crasters. Otters are sacred because multitudes of individual dogs are considered to be reborn into a single otter. What? A herd yes. of dogs is a single otter. A herd of dogs equals one otter. Oh. <laughs> I mean, what else can you say? At this point, right? Magic. Um, it is magic. So there's also, as you mentioned, the conundrum of the fact that dogs will also eat dead bodies. Yeah. Known for but it. It happens. That and actually cat, and cat poo, which is also unclean. <laughs> it's true. I think there was a probably a drive to keep those separated. But as we know, the burial practice of the Zoroastrians, which continues, I think, to this day, you've got the uh, Tower of Silence, which is above my head here, where bodies are uh, laid out to be consumed um, and cleaned by birds and dogs and other things that eat dead flesh. So they're also part of the preventing, they're part of purifying, preventing infestation, and also... Um, Preventing, like eating, eating dead flesh before it can putrefy and cause further pollution to humans. It's kind of double-edged. I mean, it's unclean, but it's better than the alternative. Right. So there's a lot of like finessing going on here. But yeah, so there's a lot of stuff in the literature, various uh, like the Venedad and the Avesta have lots of rules for how you treat dogs, lots of lists of types of dogs and their hierarchies. Lots and lots of stuff about dogs. So we have all of these evil animals. How do you get rid of them all? Where are they all going to go? 
I'm pretty sure you, you, you run up and jump on them. <laughs> Let loose the hedgehogs Whee! of war. It's true. Yeah. Also, yeah, there's a whole industry of paying people to jump to kill things for you. Buying things to kill from priests. That's a whole other thing. Oh, we'll save like, that for like every, time. Every, every religion does that. Exactly. Exactly. There's there's money to be made. It's like simony with pigeons. <laughs> right? so there's, there's money to be made in, in scorpion crunching. We talked about the 9,000 years. So I mean, and, in, my, in my head, there's a ball pit filled with scorpions now. Ah! <laughs> Whee! But the scorpions have human teeth. <laughs> Only hedgehogs have human teeth. <laughs> because they're dogs. Yeah, not even humans have human teeth. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, we talked about the 9,000 years. Mm-hmm. The three... Millennia. So at the end of each millennia, the descendants of Zoroaster will be born through his semen, which is miraculously stored in Lake Cassioa. Or I'm not sure if I pronounce that. Casso, it's K-A-S-A-O-I-I-A. So wolves will be destroyed in the millennia of the first savior, Ustar. Okay. In the fourth and last period, the evil spirit will be destroyed and evil animals will no longer have power. Oh, At this yay. point, all of, all of the wolves become a demon. One demon then, needs many wolves. Well, exactly. One demon, many wolves. Does that demon have and, a name? Because I need this for my altar. <laughs> we should. I'm not, I couldn't find a name, but we should find the name of the wolf. Um, the multi-wolfed demon. I, I, Listeners. <laughs> I just want to say, uh-huh. inside of you, there are many wolves. <laughs> And, and inside of dead. an otter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Inside of an otter as well. The one demon will become vanquished. And the demon will take the form of locust and will scamper, exact word, into a shale and thereby become less fearsome. Okay? So the locust, the wolf demon becomes a locust, scampers away, becomes less fearsome. So, also to be vanquished in the period of Ustar are the snakes. So this is with only three months left until the resurrection. A big battle will happen, similar to the one at the beginning of time with the creation of the lie. So where Hermazda and Araman, the house of lies is created as well as the paradise. And this will be exactly like the wolf one, following all the same steps, but with a snake. And then poison will envelop the earth and everything will burn and be purified. Yay. So that's how we get rid of all the evil, including all the evil animals. We just light it on fire. Mm -hmm. Every 3,000 years. Every 3,000 years, there will be a savior born of semen stored in a lake. Sometimes a wolf becomes a demon who becomes a locust. Sometimes a snake becomes a demon who becomes a locust. Poison takes over. Everything's purified. This is why we let kids play with matches. Nothing bad could happen. (laughs) And I am sure that I'm not oversimplifying to the point of uh, comedy. <laughs> the point of comedy slash uh, insult. So I don't mean that to be insult. This is this is my very uh, simplistic understanding of the what I read. So now you have to make this. So that's how everything you have dies. To do this with your fingers. Uh, <laughs> thank, As a TED talk. Thank you for joining thank my you. TED talk. <laughs> it's true. So that's how uh, evil. All the evil features go away. 
creation of the bear, the monkey, and other evil creatures are attributed to the union of Jam and Jammy. Yeah, so Jammy is the whore, I think. Oh. J also called Jammy, I think. Interesting. Oh, not like Jammy Dodgers. Is that kind of some kind of sweet? That's the snack that um, the doctor likes. The evil spirit oh. produced the wolf in 15 species. Uh-huh. Wolf, black wolf, tiger, lion, <laughs> panther, cheetah, mm-hmm. hyena, yep. jackal, oh. yep. cave digger, oh. crab. Crab! <laughs> Crab's a wolf. Cat. Mm-hmm. Owl. Oh, yep. Aquatic wolf. Shark. Hmm. And wolf. <laughs> So how is an aquatic wolf different from a shark? Uh, it has more fur. Mm. I guess so. Mm. Uh-huh. Aquatic wolves don't have to come up for air. <laughs> Wait, neither do sharks. <laughs> nope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I sort of like this understanding of animals. Yeah. It's, it's simpler. Much simpler. <laughs> it's way Ta- simpler. Taxonomy fits on the back of the <laughs> business card. <laughs> well, I feel like we're going to be carrying the theme of unclean animals forward as we begin a small plot arc on goats finally yay yay hey mm-hmm. i love goats yeah that'll be over the next couple of weeks mm-hmm. uh, but until then we will see you in hell bye, bye. This podcast is copyright 2023 by The Dispatchist and is Creative Commons. You're welcome to reuse with attribution. Look for us on your favorite podcast app. Say hi to us on Twitter or Gmail at The Dispatchist, no spaces. Check out our website, dispatch.ist, for episodes, show notes, and a variety of hellish resources. <laughs>